Hi, everyone, and welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We are glad, so glad that you are with us live tonight. If you're joining us live or if you're joining us um, on our recorded session, we just love that, you know, we have constant um, followers who, who join us on our YouTube channel as well as download our podcast. And so, um, so welcome. This is a broadcast put on by SPED Homeschool. We are a nonprofit and our goal is to empower families to homeschool unique learners. And so we want to make that, um, that possible for you. If you have a struggling learner and um, there's just a lot of things that, that go with that. And so we, we're just here to encourage you. And this month we are focusing on the topic finishing well and this is the final um, broadcast we have on that subject and my guests today are Beth and Greg Langston um, for the last 20 years both Beth and Greg have empowered students to master their self-discovery which our topic today is nurturing self-discovery in teens so how fitting is that um, allowing them to successfully activate their life's purpose purpose um, Beth who graduated from Purdue University in education has guided hundreds of high school students worldwide to navigate the dreaded college application essay process with tremendous success. Success. And Greg also graduated from Purdue's Cranert um, School of Business, and Greg pursued an international business career, which allowed him to mentor hundreds of young professionals while leading businesses to over $1 billion and working in 65 countries. By the time their kids were 13, they had seen been to 12 schools and lived in five countries. So, wow, that's amazing. I'm just so glad to welcome both Beth and Greg to empowering homeschool conversations and i know you're just going to be blessed with what they have to share and we just want you to be part of this conversation too so make sure that you comment in the feed if you're watching um, like i said on facebook on youtube or on periscope we're broadcasting live in all three of those places and um, we definitely want to make your um questions comments as part of our conversation because that's why we do this live so so welcome greg and beth i'm just so glad to have you with us tonight wow thanks peggy we're glad to be here it's our pleasure good yeah this is this is awesome um we've been talking about self-advocacy this month about volunteering and internships and work study programs but before we even get to those things i know like some of those things are discovery things but there's so much that we can do ahead of time with our teen um, to figure out just who am I? And really, is is that really what self-discovery is? And how does that translate to a teen who's hoping to transition out of high school into a job or college? And, you know, how does that all fit together with, you know, this word self-discovery? Well, Beth and I believe that every young person has a story, and our job is to unlock that story. And it's not their parents' story, it's not their teacher's story, but it's their story. Mm. And so in order to do that, they need to go through some steps of self-discovery that I didn't learn until I was an executive running thousands of people. And the companies were investing tremendous amounts of money into me so that I could figure out my strengths, my weaknesses, my values, mm. and how I could inspire and lead other people. And so we felt that there was a need for this to be taught to young people mm -hmm. because it's not being taught in the schools. And so right. that's why it's extremely important that regardless of the program that your listeners um, are, are going to use, that they should encourage their young people to go through a self-discovery process. 
Yeah, that's that's a really good point that, you know, we, I, I just remember growing up, you know, people like suggesting this, this is what you'd be good at this, but not with much, you know, back thought to that or this a process involved in that. It was almost like, let's guess and let's try. Um, and it sounds like what you're saying is that that's kind of how it still goes about, <laughs> you know, the process. <laughs> right. We, we started these 20 years ago at workshops. Our kids were our guinea pigs <laughs> and then their friends and then uh, students in the area. Um, but now because of COVID, we, mm-hmm. we've been able to put it online and hopefully get it out to more people. We're talking to the schools in the area here in San Diego where we live and just trying to, you know, get the word out. And, and a lot of people don't even know that this exists, you know. Mm-hmm. And But all the educators that we talked to are so excited about it. They said it really fits their social-emotional learning um, bill yeah. that they need to fill right now. Mm-hmm. That is so true. And that there is such a lack in that. And the, the funny thing is, is, you know, we teach that to the special ed students, but we need to be teaching it to all the students and yeah. not just the special ed, the social emotional part. And then the self-discovery part, you know, it sometimes gets tacked on to that social emotional mm-hmm. learning, but it, it doesn't always go in there. Sometimes we're just working on social skills and we're working on, you know, anxiety management and all these other things, which are kind of the products of not really knowing who you are. (laughs) Exactly. And and to make things worse is with the, with, with COVID, I think there's a, a predisposition to think, well, I'll just give them one assessment and on a given day, they take a strengths and skills assessment then, Oh, you know, Greg should be, an engineer. So Greg goes on the path and his parents think that Greg should be an engineer when really there wasn't enough self-discovery that that, meets, that was done. And, um, and so I think that as a result, lots of young people go on a path that, that may not be right for them. And that's what we're aiming to fix. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that with, you know, going down the wrong path? And I know you shared some percentages with me ahead of time that were just staggering as to, you know, what what the average is when we when students don't know who they are, where where everything goes awry and how much it goes awry. Well, um, you know, the simple facts are that only 40 percent of college graduates graduate in four years. And 60% of these graduates graduate in six years. And the reason is, is because they're changing majors three times, at least three times. And that's because they haven't received that self-discovery training. And so they'd say, well, I'll figure it out when I'm in college. But the only problem is that if your college costs, all in costs 40000 or up to Mm $80,000, and it takes you a year, and it takes you two years to figure that out, that's eighty dollars to $160,000. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why student debt is $1.7 trillion. Mm. And then add to that the fact that 87% of people 16 to 29 have no purpose or meaning, which is just really a staggering number that, that really, uh, while on the one hand it's very sobering, on the other hand it's really encouraging for us mm-hmm. because we're providing a tool and we encourage you know, don't just use our program, but we encourage parents to help their students do the self-discovery because it's not being done in school. 
maybe some homeschoolers are getting it because they have very involved parents. Mm -hmm. But in university, excuse me, not universities, but in high schools today, the average number of students per college admissions advisor is 424 students per advisor. And they could be absolutely fabulous at what they do, but how can they personally impact, you know, each one of those 424 students? Right. And, you know, you, you brought up a really good point about, you know, them taking a test in one little segmented time and, and it not really showing the full picture. And, and that compounds when you're trying to work with that many students and you maybe only see them once, what, a semester? Right. And then you, you you look at this one test and it's like, oh, yeah, this is what you're made for. <laughs> and it's it's such a small snapshot. Um, so, you know, as you work with students, there there has to be like a timeline or, you know, going back even to when they're extremely young and and figuring out that self-discovery. When do you what time period do you suggest parents start, you know, really helping their students to figure out? who they are in that self-discovery process. Oh, gosh. Well, there are many things you can do for the, the little, as we call them, you know, to get to know that. And I'd say the earlier, the better. But um, unfortunately, I think, you know, there's a great void there. So we started this um, in the high school years because we want to catch them there. The parents, when they hear about what we've done with the children, they're like, well, could you teach this to adults too? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we thought this is a good sweet spot to get them while they're still, still interested. And um, it's yeah. great to watch the transformation that they go through. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure their early early age um, skills and events that they could take part in to gain their self-discovery and that introspection and just knowing who they are and feeling great about it, you know? I think you know you can start as early as middle school in the areas of growth mindset, in the areas of setting goals uh, that are smart goals, specific, measurable, you know, and it's uh, something you know relevant and timely and achievable. That's the the A that I missed. I think you can start that in the middle school years, but when you're really doing the heavy lifting of the self discovery that we do, we recommend some kids can do it when they're freshmen. But we think the sweet spot is in their sophomore and early junior year when they should do it. Because by the time they're seniors, their hair's on fire and they're doing too many things. Right. And, uh, and, and it's, 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 it's not too late, but it really puts a big challenge on them. And one of the things that happens when you go through self-discovery at an earlier time, you can, instead of adding something additional to your plate, you have the wisdom to be able to deselect from doing certain things to say, Based That's on my goals and yeah. my objectives, I want to deselect doing my mm-hmm. second and third sport. I want mm-hmm. to deselect doing AP XYZ because I'm not going to need it. I would yeah. rather focus on math if I want to be in physics or in, in chemistry or something mm-hmm. like that. That's a really good point because, yes, it's it's sometimes about just loading them up with so much stuff and and not um, not really honing in on what they want to do. And, and the or world. can do and can do yes exactly and mm-hmm. yeah um, I know it's it's yeah when you get to that point if if they if, if you are in that later you know think about a, a gap year with your students and and you making time for for this um, versus just 
like Greg was saying, you know, the statistics with college, a gap year can save you forty to $80,000. <laughs> so so true, it's, right? it's really not a waste of a year. <laughs> well, and add to that the fact that some young men and women are, they feel imposed to go into, into college right away. Mm-hmm. And they go, they hate it. They don't know what they're supposed to do. And then they drop out. Mm-hmm. The horrible story is that they now are saddled with this debt. They can't get a job that effectively pays back the debt and mm-hmm. gives them a standard of living that's, you know, that's what they want. And so it creates a vicious circle. So really, it's extremely important that they do the self-discovery early on. And what we believe that's most important is you start with your personal core values or core beliefs. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, that our program always starts with. That's awesome. So I've got a question from a viewer. Would you guys ready to answer that? Okay. Um, So Paulita says, I thought my son wanted engineering because of his passion to build characters and robots. I invited him to some introductory engineering, but the truth is what he likes about building is the ideation, the design, the visuals, colors, and balance. And even that I might have gotten wrong, but I want to invite him to other resources of design, I think. And then she added something else. Not sure I can help my kid with goal setting. I'm not good at that. <laughs> okay. So, so, Most you know, of us are not. <laughs> so, so first of all, I mean, you know, just asking, you know, I'm, I'm observing this and we tried some things out and now I'm finding out some information other information and then yeah about the goal setting and parents (laughs) so how would you answer that yeah well one good thing we recommend is getting hands-on experience at the thing you think you want to do our son is a great example of this (laughs) his whole life he thought he wanted to be in the medical field um just so interested and as he got older he said "I, i think i want to be a surgeon and so during the one summer in high school, he interned with a cardiovascular surgeon and a neurosurgeon. And by the end of his summer, he's like, this is not at all what I want to do. And it's so great that he found that out before going all the way through med school. and then mm-hmm. so, so getting hands-on during the summers or whenever you can, during breaks, mm-hmm. you know, use your connections to say, hey, can I just tag along with you in your job? Mm-hmm. So... It, that really helps narrow it down. I would also uh, tell your listener that, you know, learning and deciding what's important for you is not a linear process. Uh, Just like very good. we call we call going into college the college flight plan because, <laughs> you know, when you're flying from San Diego where we live to Florida where you are, mm-hmm. the airplane's, you know, off a straight line. It's, you know, it's, it's not going in a direct line for about yeah. 98% of the time. Mm-hmm. It's constantly making course corrections. And so your son or daughter who is trying to determine what they want to do uh, can make those course corrections. Mm-hmm. And the, the key is to do it earlier rather than later. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. I mean, I, I just applaud you, Paulita. You, you actually thought, 
okay, this is this is something. And then you, you found something else. So now you can dive into all those areas <laughs> and, and do Lucky those course corrections like, <laughs> like Greg was talking about. And yes, that's so true. And, you know, course corrections around storms or anything else. And I mean, that's what comes up in our own lives. And I that's a really good point because I think we get frustrated with ourselves when things aren't exactly the way we expected them to be. And instead to use it as a learning experience and, yes. and to move on through that. So what about goal setting and, and parents who say, I'm not good at goal setting. How can I then help my student with that process? Do you have any tips or hints on that? Side? Sure, absolutely. Uh, what we do in order to make it, we're all about simple. And, you know, this is where the, the beautiful uh, combination, well, my wife is beautiful. I can say that for those of you that are listening. But the beautiful combination that we have is that I'm the visionary thinker from a business perspective, and she's the educator that says, that's all well and good, Greg. That looks really great on a whiteboard. <laughs> but uh, we're trying to teach a young student how to capture this pretty heavy concept, like setting goals and setting your purpose and your values. Yeah. How do we share that in increments that are no longer than two to three minutes? Yeah. And the beauty is that we've been able to do that. And it takes the strengths of both of our, uh, you know, our skill sets. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we basically break down goals into four different, what we call success elements. They are health, wealth, wisdom, and relationships. Oh, and so from a, when you are in the school years, your major job is not wealth. Your major job yeah. is academic accomplishment. Yeah. And so for the five years in high school and, and through college, for as long as you go through college, your wealth, your wealth success element is, and goals are measured in, in those terms. Mm -hmm. They subsequently will turn into your wealth goals. And so what we do is we take them through a process that helps them to determine what are their health, wealth, wisdom, and relationship goals. Mm -hmm. um, in all aspects of their life. That's great. Yeah, that makes it so much simpler because I think parents could even apply that to writing their students' IEPs. <laughs> you know, they because we do that for, for homeschoolers. We have our own template and we have parents use and they're often like, well, what do I write? And so I, I love those categories because those are things we all need to work on. And and you're right. When they're, they're a student, they're working on those academic pursuits because that will lead them to their how they're going to have a job and uh, be productive in society. So, and let me yeah. let me give you an example. Um, on the health side, it can be I'm trying to run a mile in under a certain period of time, mm -hmm. or I'm trying to make sure that I get eight hours sleep, mm -hmm. which is something mm -hmm. that most most teenagers don't do. Or <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to make sure that I eat this way. Okay. And so those are very specific goals they they set up for themselves. If we choose to do it, just to show you how it works across the, the gamut from a relationship perspective, what is my relationship with my teachers? What is my relationship with my family? What is my relationship with my faith? And what am I doing in regards to each one of those? And what should I start, stop, and continue doing to make best use of those? And so we take the student through a very sequential process that meets them where they are because so many people say, how can you get a 15-year-old to figure this stuff out? Mm -hmm. well, the fact is you need to come alongside them, yeah. break it down into small little pieces, understand, and more importantly, convince them that they have a story that's unique, mm -hmm. that God has made them 
who they are and how they are yeah. and help them to be able to write the rest of the story. That's, that sounds kind of, um, you know, what am I trying to say? You want them to be I'm not trying to make that, you know, you're trying to just really be real. Mm-hmm. And the fact is each one of them has a story and uh, we want them to live it. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. But it, and, and for, to give them that ownership, it's because so many parents will just step in and say, well, this is what you should be. And, you know, I, and, and kind of overstep that boundary, but to, to challenge them at those places with those goals and ask them those questions. I think those, that's a good way to start in mm-hmm. them trying to figure out because often they don't know to ask themselves those questions. And, sure. and so, so I can see how that is extremely helpful. Just, you know, Another thing that another thing that is helpful is that we also give the student the ability to take a 360 assessment mm-hmm. where they pick up to eight trusted advisors. Those are typically their parents, grandparents in some cases, mm-hmm. teachers, um, tutors, if they're a coach or what have you. Mm-hmm. And they pick an accountability partner who will help them through the process. Mm-hmm. And they then get feedback, direct feedback from these eight trusted advisors to say, these are your strengths. I'm confirming these are the things that you do really well. Mm-hmm. These are some things that you really don't that do that well. And it's all confidential feedback. Correct. Yeah. These are these are the things that you do to add value to other people that you may or may not be aware of. Mm-hmm. And these are the each person gives three recommendations for either a job or vocation or a major so that the student comes back with 200 data points of information from people that really care about them to say, look, I really do this well. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm a procrastinator. Everybody tells me I'm a procrastinator. Mm-hmm. I didn't really want to admit it, but I am a procrastinator. So what am I going to do to fix that? Right. Yeah. That, that's that's very valuable information. And, you know, most of us as adults haven't gotten that kind of critique and it would be extremely helpful. But, but you said, like you said, it was, it, it's very revealing <laughs> and yeah. you have to be willing to, to take the good with the bad and know that, that, you know, everybody has their, their ups and their downs. Um, so, yeah. So I've got another question from our, our same <laughs> viewer. Well, dive into that um she said my son is just now understanding he gets to make decisions first year homeschooling and it's new to him so he still wants me to tell him what to do he's 13 that is typical coming out of a a school situation you know it's just like these are the classes you take um and so she asked how can i help him take more ownership well we work on setting priorities with our kids um Mm -hmm. because they do get a lot on their plates right and so if they can learn how to set priorities well and put their tasks into urgent and important boxes, you explain it. Sure. Um, you know, there are two types of priorities, as Beth mentioned, urgent and important. And the, the thing that you want to do is have a student, um, is it Paulina that you said is her, is her uh, name? Paulita. Oh, Paulita. Um, you know, your young student who's 13, may have a list of all the different activities that he needs to do. Uh, what you can encourage him to do is say, I'm going to break each of the, all these tasks after I write them down on a piece of paper, uh, break them down into one of four categories. What do I need to do first? So these are the most important and urgent items that need to be completed today 
or tomorrow at the latest. Hmm. Number two would be those things that he needs to schedule. Those are important, but they're not urgent. And typically things aren't always urgent and important, Mm -hmm. but they should be scheduled for a specific time. Number three is to delegate or get help. And he may be saying, well, I'm a 13 year old, you know, how can I delegate to anybody? (laughs) If somebody asks them, uh, Hey, listen, can you help my friend out for this? You could possibly say, Hey, I have another friend who's better at this. And Mm -hmm. basically in essence, diplomatically delegate the other Mm -hmm. person to do it. So that's urgent, but not important and get somebody else to do it for you. And then the fourth thing is, and this is something that too few young people do, is don't do it. It's neither important nor urgent. And so you don't need to do it at all. So once a student understands those concepts, they go through the list and put a one, two, three, or four next to each one of the tasks, and he or she then has their their sequence of priorities. And they feel a little bit more control over their yes and no, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm not going to do, and... Gives them a little more independence. But that's really normal for a, a young student who's been taught, listen, do this, get up at this time in the morning, go to this class, go to this class. And for you now to say, okay, now you're free, go do what you want to do. Our responsibility as parents is to provide the guide rails. They can play within the guide rails or within the hash marks of the football field or soccer field. As long as they feel the freedom to work within those boundaries, mm-hmm. and then we can step in and help them when uh, when they they stray. But allow them to make mistakes too, right? That's so important. All their under tutelage. Allow them to make those mistakes and yeah. heal. Yeah. Well, as you two were talking about that, you know, relating that to homeschooling, um, Paulita, I just want to you know encourage you to to write down your son's assignments for the whole week. And then follow the advice that Greg just gave you about allowing your son to prioritize the tasks. And if he wants to do all of his math on one day, <laughs> you know, as long as everything's done by the end of the week, then he needs to get done. And and he handles that in whatever manner he wants, you know. Um, and sometimes there will be consequences because I've had children not do stuff <laughs> and I've gotten to the end of the week and... It wasn't done, but, but again, that's another learning lesson to, um, but they, they learn to take ownership because there's consequences for not doing the work as well. So, and one of the main struggles that kids have when they get to college is time management. Mm-hmm. So it's good to learn that early, give them the tools to learn that at a young age. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Paulita said, I thank you. That should be a good start. Well, you're so very well. Good luck. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> awesome. Um, so how do, you know, we've, we've been talking a little bit about goals, but how do personal goals and values fall within that self-discovery process? Well, this is um, basically the, what I'm most passionate about, and that is that uh, young men and women should determine what their core values are. And if you, if your listeners can envision a large oak tree, very mature oak tree, uh, and it's a cutaway with a root system that goes deep into the ground to hold the tree up. If you envision those roots as the values mm-hmm. or core beliefs of your student or, you know, your son or daughter, right. and those core values and clarity on those are extremely important. Mm-hmm. And those values or core beliefs then hold up the trunk of the tree, which is your purpose or your why, Mm -hmm. and then the branches are manifested as your goals and objectives. Mm -hmm. 
your fruits. And so if a family or a student understands that it all starts with your values to determine what's important to you so that when you're not with your parents, as Paulita is saying, you know, her son is saying, hey, well, tell me what to do. Tell me what to think. In many cases, young people have their parents in their family's value system, but there's going to come a time when they need to identify their own value system. And we take them through a process with a card sorting process mm-hmm. that presents them with 60 different values. Mm-hmm. And they can work on their phone or their iPad or their computer and say, these are our must-have values and why. These are like to have and these are you know neutral. And what they do is they go through a sorting process to the point where they get down to their three core values. And then we have them place them in order so that they then can go through an additional gating process to say, why are these core values important to me? What's important Mm -hmm. to me? Who or what is positively and negatively impacting my relationship with this value? And what should I stop, start, and continue doing to fix Mm -hmm. it? Mm-hmm. And so then what this allows, and parents love this, mm-hmm. is the fact that when the parents are not with their young student and they're by themselves in the world with the challenges that no doubt come, mm-hmm. the tree has a much greater sense of resistance to the storm right. because it's not going to topple over mm-hmm. because the, the students are making their decisions based upon their values. Mm-hmm. And we take them through a process to say your first value, second value, and third value. If it passes all three of those values, proceed. If mm-hmm. it doesn't, don't. That's and that's great. extremely yeah. important to help them. Right. Those are some good checkpoints. And, you know, I heard a statistic or uh, what um, teenagers who are, well, I guess, kids that are teens right now, that they will switch careers seven times in their lifetime. And mm-hmm. the value of having those, those you know, understanding what your your values are, what your beliefs are, um, and and getting that at such a young age and having somebody walk you through that process. I mean, so when you do have those decisions, you have to make you you have that checklist, just like you said, and that that can make it so much easier because there's there's so many options that that students are faced with, and as they become young adults, and they will need to make those transitions. And I can see how that would make that a lot easier in the process of being absolutely and you know one one metric that really does explain that is that only 27 percent of college graduates are working in a role closely related to their undergrad degree Mm -hmm. and that manifests itself in that over 70 percent of the people in the united states that are working in jobs don't like their jobs yeah 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 and then what do you do you almost feel stuck um, mm-hmm. Not that you are stuck, but but you you get start building up expenses and all those things that we do in, as adults in life, and you know have kids, and and then we just just don't feel like we have the ability to transition. So yeah, right. Yeah, we want our kids to feel like they they know who they are and um, and can make those those moves wisely. And I think that's what you're talking a lot about is that wisdom that they need to have to know who they are and, and what they do best. Mm-hmm. And the self-discovery, uh, you know, compounds on itself and builds on itself, because if you know your values, you now have 200 data points of strengths and weaknesses. You then take a Colby assessment, which tests your cognitive problem solving skills. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't tell you how intelligent you are or how you relate to other people like at Myers-Briggs. 
It's basically how you instinctively solve problems. You then take all that information that you've collected so far and you put together what we call your DNA statement, your distinct natural ability statement, because young people today are not sure what they do because they measure themselves versus their social media feed if they have a phone and everybody has a phone. And what, what this allows a student to do, and we work them through the process where they write a paragraph about themselves that says, this is my wheelhouse. These are my distinct natural abilities. This is what I do really, really well from all the feedback and my analysis and self-discovery. And so then they can volunteer, whether it be at school, at work, mm-hmm. or any activity to say, I know when I volunteer for an activity and I volunteer doing these things, I'm going to be successful. And that gives them a sense of confidence that really helps them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, that's extremely important. Plus it lessens their stress if they're mm-hmm. doing items and doing volunteering for things that they know they'll be really good at and not stressing themselves to try to do it when it's not in their wheelhouse. Right. And on with this self-discovery, then the student can say, okay, so now what is my purpose? What is my why? Mm -hmm. And, you know, Simon Sinek coined the phrase, you know, finding your why. Very good book. Mm -hmm. The fact is, what is, you know, what is the high school student? Um, He's a junior, senior, a freshman, sophomore. You know, what does he do? to succeed well he studies gets good grades or doesn't and tests well now why does he do or she do what they do mm-hmm. and that's the thing that we help them address we help them figure out their why yeah because yeah as you were saying that i'm thinking most students would tell you what their why is is that their parents tell them they have to do school <laughs> you know or, or that the state requires it you know and then they lose that when they graduate and all of a sudden if they don't know that, that becomes a huge void as to, well, who's directing me now? I'm now supposed to automatically just take this over and they just don't know how to do it. And so it's so true. And so much most, that. most students, I mean, everybody needs to know where they belong and how they can make a difference. And that's what we try to bring out in our students. Mm, yeah. And there are some cases that is, you know, not surprising where families come from a tradition, a long line of doctors or engineers or lawyers, and the, there's a predisposition that you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer because your mom was, your daughter, your sister was, you know, your wife is, your grandfather was, you need to be a lawyer. And, you know, frankly, you know, uh, Dylan would not be a good lawyer or a, or a dentist or a doctor. Mm-hmm. And so they don't have any leverage to be able to explain, but dad, I would not be a good, you know, in this case, a doctor. Mm -hmm. And the father's saying, you need to be a doctor. Everybody's been a doctor. What's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. I'm exaggerating slightly, but with these (laughs) families, (laughs) with with this self-discovery, the student then can come back to their parents. And this is part and parcel to our program where they present at the end of the program. Listen, mom and dad, you sent me to this program. Well, before we go, before we get to that, typically when you send your your son or daughter to school and they come home, you say, how was school? And they go, grunt or uh, no right. answer or <laughs> it, was, it was great. Right. And, and then you send them to a program and how was that program? What was it like? It was fine. Yeah. And you don't get any feedback. Right. With our program, what the student needs to do at the end of going through this 12-hour process is they need to present to their parents and their accountability partner 
the following information. Mom and dad, these are my values and this is why they're important. These are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. These are my distinct natural abilities and how I do things really special. I'm really special in this area. This is my purpose that I want to dedicate the rest of my career in. Mm. This is, these are my aspirational goals in the areas of health, wealth, wisdom, and relationship. These are my five-year and one-year goals that support those things. Mm. These are habits that I've identified based upon that information that I'm going to eliminate, which is typically social media and <laughs> get more sleep. Mm, yeah. These are the direct actions I'm going to do. Armed with that, these are the three core majors I'm going to select or this is the primary profession. I'm going to, I'm going to be a, a welder or I'm going to be a pipe fitter. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go to college. And what they then do is they say, this is my elevator speech that I will recite to you in memory of what makes me unique, what makes me special that they can use for advisors or mm -hmm. at school when somebody says, you know, Dylan, tell us who you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself instead of jumping under the desk. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> able to say that. Or interview process. Or interview process. Yes. And then they can incorporate, and this is how I'm going to incorporate it into my application essays that shows how I'm unique and how I will stand out. Mm -hmm. And that's what a, that's what a student, all the students present to their parents. And it's an amazing transformation that we mm -hmm. see. It's so fun to be in those meetings. Yeah, because the parents are like so excited and mm -hmm. some of them are in tears because they are realizing things about their child that they didn't even know, you right. know. And mm -hmm. to see their child transformed into having clarity mm -hmm. about knowing their values and their strengths and their weaknesses and their purpose and their major, and then having that confidence to clearly articulate it. You know, they understand mm -hmm. who they are. They can articulate it and put it in an interview form or an essay form. Mm -hmm. And the sense of a little bit more control that they have over their lives because they have actionable plans and goals. It's, it's amazing. We love that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that sounds, it, yeah. Sounds amazing. It's cause yeah, I thinking of my own kids. Yeah. They're, <laughs> I just took my daughter to her first interview and we were rehearsing in the car last week when she was going to it. I'm like, how do you, how are you going to answer this question? And she's like, Oh, I never thought about that before. <laughs> I was like, so <laughs> you've got some time to think because we're in the car. It's a half an hour drive. <laughs> but there you yeah. go. There you go. So, but, but yeah, not, not too much planning ahead on that one. But, um, but so, you know, we've talked a little bit about, you know, internships and as a good, a good way for a student to kind of, you know, help with that discovery period. Is it process? Is there other things that parents can do like experiential wise? Um, with their children that will kind of help them um, kind of figure out, I like this, I don't like this. So when they get to a point um, where they're doing a program like yours or doing some assessments, that they're better, they better know how to answer those questions. Gosh, yeah. Well, any opportunity, I, I just think, you know, as parents, we get so busy these days mm -hmm. and even the simple opportunities of Everybody drop their phone here. Let's have conversation around the dinner table. You know, bringing out those things, asking those smart questions. There are books on questions to ask your kids, you know, and, oh, yeah. and it's fun to go through. Some of them, uh, they give their answers every year as they grow. So you can mm -hmm. go back and see yeah. what was different, how you've changed. You will progress. You will change. Mm -hmm. um, and nothing set in stone, but giving them as many opportunities to experience 
what they think they like and not just in sports or music or things like that, you know, right. in other parts of the world too. And I would say that even if a student knows, let's say that they want to go to college, but they're not sure which one, Mm -hmm. And they're in a city, I think just about every city has either a community college or a larger college. Mm -hmm. Reach out to the school when they're freshmen and sophomore and go on a tour and go visit the school to get a feel for what they like, what programs. They may have labs. They may have certain things that they find interesting and do that earlier rather than later because you don't have to wait till you're, you know, a a senior to go do this activity and visit. Mm -hmm. You can do it earlier. Right. And also the other thing, too, is, you know, it's very expensive to go to college. Mm-hmm. You know, you can start as a freshman and a sophomore to start finding scholarships mm-hmm. that will help defray the cost of going to college. And so many scholarships go unawarded because nobody knows they're there. And there are companies that specialize in just that and finding it. Uh-huh. You might want to also speak to the testing process uh, of practicing yes, testing also. earlier, SAT and ACT, because yeah. that's that's really, you know, you used to tutor that. Yes, I used to teach ACT, SAT. It's great, and I loved it. But to me, these are strategies. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. I don't think it really tests how smart you are, as it yeah. or intelligent you are, but it does test how well you know how to take take their test. Mm-hmm. And so, test prep places will prepare students on how to manage their time, which is key in those. Mm-hmm. And then help with um, essays. When I finally get to the essays, oh, I had a great gal in Minnesota who mm-hmm. was so qualified to get into every top school that she had done entrepreneurial work, and mm-hmm. but she didn't want any help with her essays. So when she got to me, because I do the essay editing, um, she had she was getting rejected by all these great schools and she couldn't understand why and i said well could i just see the essay that you actually did submit because mm-hmm. when you get on a wait list for a college you have to write then another essay to say right. what have you been doing mm-hmm. since you first applied to us and so we were getting ready for those to write those essays but she showed me her essay she submitted and in the first paragraph there was an error a great grammatical error so you have to have people you you have to let people look over those essays mm-hmm. just to catch things that we think we're going to catch it, but um, you need more eyes on it. Not necessarily to give the ideas, to pull out ideas, yes, but don't let people change their mind about what they're writing. Yeah, because the parents can't write the essays. No, I've, yeah, yeah. gotten some of those. It, it shocked me what my son wrote about. He, he wrote about a day on our farm when we lived in Minnesota and mm-hmm. getting up and cold and his feet hitting the floor at 50 degrees and, and oh, going downstairs to do go out and do his chores and how he found yeah. a dead lamb that morning. And oh. it was just, it was one of, it was, I just bawled. <laughs> I was oh. like, okay, that's a good one. <laughs> right, exactly. And it was memorable and they remembered him. And, you know, all these years of study and all this testing and it comes down to getting noticed by the admissions officers Mm -hmm. and they only on average spend eight to 12 minutes per applicant, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And so therefore they have to be able to write compellingly and be able to stand out. And so that's why another reason why uh, students need to go through their self-discovery to be able to share what makes them unique so people notice because they could have perfect scores Mm -hmm. but if they're not able to communicate it no one will notice 
Yeah. And I, I think that translates to a job as well, you mm-hmm. know, for a student that knows who they are and an employer could probably put them in a situation where it's, they're just not fitted for them to be able to advocate for themselves to, to their boss and say, you know what, this is what I, I do best at. This is, mm-hmm. this is how I will work best for you. You've put me in a position that, that really doesn't use my strengths and I'm not going to excel. Um, and so t- for them to be able to have that knowledge and self-advocate, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, um, to, to be able in those work situations to, oh, true. to, to do that. And in corporate America, we, we've seen a lot of promotion to failure. Because they promote, promote, promote maybe salespeople to management when managing isn't their forte at all. Yeah. And so you have to know when to be able to say, no, I don't think I'll take that promotion. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 I kind of laughed that my dad was a manager and he actually got his MBA and he is, he has such a difficult time with people. <laughs> he, he made it work, but boy, that tested him. <laughs> oh gosh. So, wow. so yeah. Um, so we have another a question from mm-hmm. our view, a viewer. Um, she asks, um, I sometimes worry that my son will not find the thing that will convert to a career occupation or a way to sustain himself. Is that a valid fear? I just love for you to address that. Definitely. I mean, every parent, I think, that we've dealt with fears that too. And until the student or their son or daughter gets some experience in these different areas, experience is key. We spend too much time in school and sometimes in our sports, (laughs) and we're not getting those experiences in other rural areas that that are so important to becoming a mature kid, you know? Yeah. So definitely not alone. Give them every opportunity that you can. Mm-hmm. Let them seek out different opportunities. Sometimes they have to be creative, you know? Right. Go ask somebody that you wouldn't think you would ask. Could I mm-hmm. tag along with you and yeah. mm-hmm. see what you do all day, right? right. Allow them to dream as well. Yeah. Don't, don't come in and say, mm-hmm. now listen, let's set some reasonable expectations. You know, you're not going to be able to do this. You know, they hang in many cases, although they may not show it, they do hang on every word we say and every uh, facial expression. Mm-hmm. Our young people are watching us the whole time. You need to empower your students to say, your kids to say, you want to do that? Now, listen, we're, we'll support you. There's a lot of work that's involved, but if you want to go for it, let's go. And encourage them to go explore those different things and not do it through social media because social media turns off the brain and they go into neutral and yeah. they're not thinking for themselves. Yeah. And well, sometimes start comparing too. To, yeah, yeah, absolutely. As parents, sometimes we don't want our kids to be disappointed. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, uh, should I let him try that? He probably won't do well. And then he's going to be disappointed. Let him try and let him, if he falls oh, on his face, that's okay. That. That's okay. There's, Life after failure. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, yeah. And and some things are just stepping stones, you know, too. Yes. I, I think, you know, my, my son beat himself up so bad because he went to welding school. And then he, he got home after he graduated from welding school. And he graduated almost the top of his class. And he's like, I don't want to be a welder. He's <laughs> like... I, I really did this experience really told me I didn't want to be a welder. And he's like, I, I've been praying about it and I think I should go to college and, and, you know, ending up getting a um, engineering degree. I was like, this is not 
you know, a setback because he was like, I wasted a year. And I was like, no, you didn't. Now you're an engineer who can actually build the stuff you design. <laughs> there are companies yeah, that can sure. do that. <laughs> right. So. Absolutely. I work for Lincoln Electric, which is something that he would be obviously familiar with. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that he now has a hands-on understanding of how you join two different pieces of metal together right. makes it much easier for him to do the engineering calculations. Mm-hmm. When somebody says, you know, well, we want to just join these two things, he can say, well, you can't do it because the, you know, the temperature is not correct. Or, right. a, you know, ABC has to be done first. Mm-hmm. And the other kids in the class the other young students in the class are going to say, well, what is he talking about? How does he know this? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Every experience that we, we give our kids will, will help them. So, yeah. So um, talking about experiences, I would love for you to share a story or two of, of just, you know, how you've seen the empowerment of self-discovery with the students you've worked with, if you have any to share. Wow. Gosh, we have lots to share. But, um, <laughs> I would say one of our favorite stories is um, our Albanian student who, oh gosh, almost 20 years ago now, he was mm-hmm. new to the States. He, he left Albania. He became a Christian in Albania, mm-hmm. came to the States, and ended up at our kids' school. And both our kids had just left for college. So mm-hmm. um, he was a tennis player. So I helped him get a scholarship, uh, mm-hmm. find a tennis scholarship in Tennessee, and he did great, and we went through this, what we were creating back then mm-hmm. for our kids, too, for everybody. Um, in its infancy, he went through this process, and he was just thrilled, and he re- he needed a lot of maturing, and plus, his I always say he could write a book, because the mm-hmm. coming over here when you're, like, 15 years old, yes, by yourself, not speaking English, moving to the South, mm-hmm. <laughs> which oh, is wow. a whole different yeah. language. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, uh, but he succeeded now and now he's in Miami. He's married, has a baby, and um, he is one of the top, what was it? Top 20 under 40 in the city of Miami um, is what he was just recognized with a couple of years ago. And his nephew, who just came over from Albania, he went through our program also. 20 years later. Just now a freshman in college. And uh, yeah, and it really helped him a lot. And he's had some tough times too with family issues and things. So it was just so great to have a second generational person coming through and surviving. And um, William is now in school in Florida and Mm -hmm. he's not a Christian yet, but we're praying for him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. But like, like, uh, like both of them, there are many others that, that have been impacted and it really is satisfying for us. Yeah. To be able to take the scar tissue of life that we have mm-hmm. and be able to invest it in these young people so that they can possibly avoid, as I say, listen, you can do it this way, but it's going to leave a mark. Mm-hmm. You probably don't want to do that. You know, you right. may want to use my scar tissue and do it a different way, but, you know, knock yourself out if you want to do that. Mm-hmm. And these are some of the skills and some of the abilities uh, mm-hmm. that we've been able to to put into this program that's all online. It's all in two and a half minute videos. Mm-hmm. And um, that a student can accomplish with work. It takes them 12 hours to get through it, mm-hmm. but they're going to have the deliverables that I mentioned earlier. And it's not 12 hours at one sitting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, right. Self, it's self-paced, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. It's all self-paced. Yeah. Why don't you talk about it a little bit? I'm going to bring up your website so that um, people who are watching can see that. But if you're listening on the podcast, it's collegeflightplan.com, all small, um, small letters. 
Right. It's, it's basically it's a it's a three it's a three phase process that takes you through a discovery process where we talk about the values, the three sixty, the Colby assessment, your distinct natural ability, your purpose statement, your aspirational goals. Mm-hmm. You then have all that discovery. Then you say, okay, you, what am I going to determine as a result of that? And that's when you figure out your five-year and one-year goals. You determine the daily actions in your core majors. And so now that's the determined phase that's now complete. And then how do you direct all that finding by developing a growth mindset, which is something that we haven't really talked that much about, yeah, but it's talking. extremely important mm-hmm. to develop a growth mindset so that you are able to then implement that with your elevator speech, mm-hmm. your summary document that you present to your parents, and your college application essays. Awesome. How about the three rings of success, too? Yeah, the three rings of success is, you know, how you add value to others. Responsibility is what you take. Responsibility is what uh, accountability is what you give back. Reliability is what you gain from that. And the apex of those three rings is called referability. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah, if you want to check out this program, this college flight plan that um, Greg and Beth have created. Um, and it, it's been, looks, it sounds like it's just been a labor of love for the two of you for a long time. And uh, you're so passionate about it. So it's been exciting to just um, to hear what you've had to share tonight. And um, well, we and love so, doing it. And we <laughs> love seeing the results. It's very yeah. rewarding. That's so cool. And, and so I, I can only imagine that, you know, these videos are just filled with, um, with such passionate advice to these, these young people that take your program. And, um, that's why they come out so inspired because of the passion that you two have. So, um, so that's so cool. Um, so yeah, definitely check out their website at collegeflightplan.com and, um, and see what they have to share. And I, I saw on the wrap up that you shared with me that there's a parent starter kit to teen self-discovery. That's correct. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. You know, I know some of your listeners or many of your listeners are saying, okay, this all sounds great. Now what, you know, right. what are my top five actions? What are some of these statistics that you shared? I mean, cause they're kind of, you know, big numbers that involve a lot of money, share those with me. We include right. those, some free assessments that we recommend, some ACT, SAT uh, mm-hmm. prep resources as well, uh, some scholarship resources, as well as how to get in touch with us. And they can get all that information at collegeflightplan.com slash guide, collegeflightplan.com slash guide. Or you can just email me at Beth at collegeflightplan.com or Greg. At collegeflightplan.com. That's correct. And I'll make sure to put all those links in the YouTube feed so that um, if you were to come back tomorrow, <laughs> you'll find them all there and I will um, have that that all updated for you. So so that's great. Well, thank you so much, both of you. It's, this has been a joy um, just just chatting about this subject. And definitely, like I said, it, it is the precursor to everything we've been talking about basically this month. And so um, it's kind of a good way to wrap up because I think a lot of times when we start talking about internships and all those things, parents kind of, you know, they're did their heads just go well where, where how do we figure out what we're gonna do and so so you just gave the answer <laughs> well thank you so much for having us we really appreciate it's really it. been our pleasure yeah yeah and um we have some viewers saying thank you too so um, and thank you all
been been my pleasure interviewing you. And this wraps up our month talking about um, launching well with um, teens. Next month, we're going to start focusing on, because a big question we always get from homeschool parents is, how do I teach multiple kids at the same time when they're different ages and different learning levels? Well, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> We've got a lot of experts coming up that are going to share some great ideas with you on how to make that possible. It is possible. I actually taught six kids all the way from age two to 14 at one point. So wow. it, it's doable. You're my hero. <laughs> Just a little crazy. But um, yeah. So next week, we're going to talk about experiential learning with a homeschool mom who's taught her um her nine-year-old and her son, who just graduated um, with that age gap all the way through, um, and they both have learning differences. So she has a lot of experience to share with us. And so, um, so you'll definitely want to come back next Tuesday night for that. But make sure you check out our website at spedhomeschool.com. We have podcasts of interviews like this one and um almost three years in the running now. Um, I think we have 167 podcasts now. Um, so this will be 168. Uh, but we are also the number one rated special needs homeschooling blog. And we also have a brand new website with, um, with, I guess, courses and, and webinars that you can take from experts on how to homeschool high school with your struggling learners. So all mm -hmm. of those things are available. Um, and that's a separate website. It's called actually called empoweredhomeschool.org. So you can check out that. And our partners are going to be adding more courses on there um, soon. So that's becoming a marketplace. But um, but this um, this broadcast was made possible by donors like you. So um, make sure you check out our website, too, at spedhomeschool.com donate um, where you can um, contribute to our nonprofit work in helping empower parents to, to homeschool children with special educational needs. So, um, so thanks again, Greg and Beth, and thank you all for joining us. And we will see you again next week, right here, same time, same place. So bye everyone. Thanks, Peggy. Bye. Yeah, definitely. Bye. <laughs>Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.